Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo. Over in Tupelo, it'd be a little weird, uh, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Carolina. It would be a little weird because this is Mississippi. No, but it is. It's Carolina, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Tell it to the judge. Are you saying that the fine people of Carolina are not uh, are not true Mississippians? No. Okay. Just being sure here. You're awful, you're awful judgy I'm about fight, that. I'm just fighting it, okay? I hear you. I hear you. Wherever you are in our great state, even if you're in a city named after another state, I don't know how many there are in, our, in, in Mississippi, but there's one right there. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and you can enjoy coffee like this every single morning. And also, don't forget, when you support Strange Brew Coffee House, you're supporting a Bulldog Initiative business. Uh, my friends at College Corner want to thank you. You guys have been keeping them busy for the past uh, 48 hours. They have enjoyed working with you as the interlocking MSU stuff is flying off the shelves. If you haven't ordered it already, order it now. College look, College Corner has got plenty of great merchandise in stock, all shapes and sizes, all with the interlocking MSU. It's flying off the shelves, but it's still available to you at College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant. We're getting closer and closer to football season, which means closer and closer for a lot of you to head back to Starkville for the first time, maybe since baseball season. You know the drill. One one meal of your weekend in Starkville needs to be at Restaurant Tyler. It's just Starkville's best restaurant. If they've got everything you're looking for there. They've got the best blue plate in town. They've got great white tablecloth dining for dinner. And then on Sunday, their brunch cannot be beat. When the best meal in town is at all for all phases is in one place, you know it's Starkville's best restaurant. That's Restaurant Tyler on Washington and Maine. 16 Priority One Bank locations through Central Mississippi ready to serve you. 16 locations means there's one near you, and you can start an account today. And that's going to come in to your favor because, guys, everybody knows there's going to come a point where you have to talk to somebody about a loan and when you do that, you want to talk to the people in your community, your friends, not the people at some corporate bank who don't know you. You eat locally, you shop locally, you should bank locally as well. Priority One Bank gives you that opportunity if you live in central Mississippi. There's a location near you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find out where they are and let Priority One Bank make you their priority. 
little later in the show, we have a uh, a great interview for you as we go into our opponent preview series uh, for the second to last time uh, this week or this uh, this off season. But Justin Spears will join us. He covers the Wildcats for the Tucson Star. But before we get to that, Robbie, I want to look at week one a little bit, not in terms of much of his opponent preview, because I mean, it's Southeast Louisiana. It's an FCS opponent. I, I don't know how how deep I really want to go into that, but I want to focus on Mississippi State. You know, when you play a team like Southeast Louisiana, who is a quality FCS opponent, but that's a game Mississippi State's going to be expected to win by four or five touchdowns. I mean, that's just unfair or fair. That's that's how that that's how it goes. And a lot of people will tell you that, ah, well, you really can't take anything away from that game. I, I beg to differ. I, I've always thought that. I say, for, you know, first off, if you're a good team and you play a team like that, you should beat them badly. You should, you should, you should handle the game from start to finish. It should never be in doubt. If it ever is, you, you got issues. You got things to worry about there. So you have that. But with state making some changes on both sides of the ball, specifically on the offensive side, I think there's a lot to look for in this first game from Mississippi State, a lot that you can take into week two in that matchup with with Arizona. Just starting with you, Robbie, what's something, you know, week one that you want to see out of Mississippi State? What's something that will give you confidence going forward? I want to see some explosive plays um, on the offensive side of the ball. I want to see the offense flowing uh, well, and I don't want to see a whole lot of, um, you know, mismanagement. Uh, of the clock or, you know, players being confused and what play to run, somebody having the wrong assignment or something like that. These guys at this point, you've had a spring with Kevin Barbe and almost everybody on this offense was here for the spring. And you had OTAs before the spring and before the fall, which was like I think 16 days combined Mm -hmm. on top of the fact that you've had all these practices at this point, th- there shouldn't be a whole lot of confusion. I, I know that the terminology has changed uh, pretty drastically in a lot of cases, and I know it's going to be a little different than what they did in the air raid. But at this point, I mean, how much more time do they need to get ready? Mm-hmm. That they should be good. They, they should be, uh, you know, able to have a pretty good grasp on the offense. So. Will Rogers should be commanding that offense. The offensive line should be in pretty good shape um, in that regard, and everybody should be on the same page. You know, there, there's obviously going to be some ups and downs with the offense this year. I'm sure there's going to there's going to be some some times where they're going to have you know a couple of possessions, a few possessions in a row where they're a little stagnant. But for the most part, I want them to come out offensively and look like they know what they're doing, look like they're in command and go from there. This shouldn't be a game that they really struggle um, against Southeastern Louisiana to move the ball down the field, to score points, things like that. And, um, you know, there might be some possessions where they, they look a little out of sorts, and that comes with the first game of the season. But they need to at least look like they know what they're doing at this at this point. What's more important for you in, in game one? To see Mississippi, Mississippi State being very effective running the football or see Will Rogers being more effective in the passing game outside of an air raid offense? Or is it both? I mean, are they equally important to you? I mean, I think it is a little bit of both. When you're going to have an offense that's going to be um, really balanced, um, that you're, you're going to have a running game that's probably going to lead the way. So I would lean on the running game being really effective. That, that needs to happen. 
because it, it looks like this offense is really built around a running game, establishing that run game, and then opening up big, explosive play-action passes and passes down the field. Will Rogers has to be a little more accurate getting the ball down the field than he has been in the past. He's going he's gonna to throw the football 20-plus yards more than he has at Mississippi State. So, you know, obviously that's a big part of things. But the running game coming out and being dominant in this game, I think, is really big for Mississippi State. If they're struggling to run the football against Southeastern Louisiana, yeah. how much better are they going to get the rest of the year? You know, that that's going to be a, a pretty alarming sign if they're not able to come out and really dominate up front. And I think they will. I think they will be. Yeah. At the same time with Rodgers, you know, I, I, I do wonder in game one against an opponent like this, you know, how much do you really give him? You know, how many pass attempts are you going to let him have? I, mean, I won't be surprised, and this will drive some people crazy on, on your message board specifically, but he might not have but maybe 15, 16 pass attempts in this game just because you feel like Mississippi State will be able to control the line of scrimmage and run the football. Why show anything? Why, why you know, I'm, I'm never one for the whole be vanilla, especially when you get past like week two or three. I never buy into the idea that they're they're holding things for Alabama or anything like that. But in game the, one, the old the Dan Mullen's holding all of his script for LSU. Yeah, exactly. I, I never bought that kind of, of stuff. But I, but I will tell you that against an FCS opponent, yeah, you can have a little bit more vanilla game plan and, and, and easily get away with it. So, I think for Mississippi State, uh, the running game is, is very because I totally agree with you. If if we come out and, and you know, the the number to look at is yards per carry, and if it's under like in this game, if it's under like six, that's an issue. You know, if you're telling me that Jaquavius Marks in this game has like 17 carries for 65 yards, that's that's not a good sign to me at all. The good news is, no. as we talk about it, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. And I think if you give Mark 17 carries. He'll be much closer to 100 yards uh, than that. What about from a from a receiver standpoint? You know that we've been talking about big plays. I I'd mentioned that I don't think Rodgers gets a lot of attempts, but I do think he will spend quite a few of those attempts trying to push the ball down the field and trying to to, to unlock some of those big plays. You want to see at least one 40 50 yard reception in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, you want to see a big explosive play and not just a dump-off pass that turns into a big pass play. I, I want to see a, a ball down the field, 25-plus yards, you know, hitting somebody in stride. And, you know, everything we've seen so far is they're going to do a lot more of that this year. So that, you know, we'll I think we'll see a lot of those play-action uh, passes from, from Mississippi State and um, – you know, some maybe some post patterns and things like that, getting the ball down the field. And it should be easier to, to complete those passes down the field when you have a rushing offense that is kind of luring a defense in. You're probably going to see a lot more man defense than you have in the past three years. So I, I expect that you're going to see some explosive plays. They need to hit them in this game. Defensively, excuse me there, had to sneeze. Ooh. Uh Ooh. But I, I got the mic muted just in time. Uh, defensively in this game, the two things I want to see are tackles behind the line of scrimmage slash sacks. And I want to see who is going to force turnovers. We'll start with the first one for me. Again, State should just have a massive advantage on the line of scrimmage defensively here. This is a game where you know they should be funneling defensive linemen in and out 
You should see a lot of snaps for guys like Calvin Dinkins, Trevion Williams, Deontay Anderson. Uh, and I expect Mississippi State to, to you know, limit uh, Southeast Louisiana to sh- at least I, – I would be surprised if they were much over 100 yards rushing at all uh, in this game. Again, sort of the same thing. Sort of the opposite of what you said is true here. If it's the other way around and then they're getting, you know, five, six yards to carry and they're getting 150, 160 yards rushing, you got some big problems that you, that you need to be solved. But again, I like to point out, I feel like by bringing it up, people are like, he's being negative. I'm just saying if. I don't think that will happen. I'm I'm, feel, I'm pretty positive that it won't, won't happen. But I want to see the defensive line dominate the line of scrimmage in this game. Yeah, this should be a game where, you know, they are just suffocating um, the Lions. They're the Lions? They are the Lions, yes, correct. Okay. Um, if you're if you're struggling to get off your blocks and you're struggling to get pressure in the backfield, to me that's a little bit of concern. Even with it being game one, I mean, even if you are a team that's not quite ready, you have several four stars, several guys that have been successful in this league for many years. Those guys should be able to dominate the offensive line and the opposing offense in this game. Um, and if it's not, then it's, that's, that's a concern for me. That's, that's a, you know, South Alabama game in 2016, uh, red flag. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll monitor that for sure. But I'm sure there'll be some people talking about, well, they're not getting enough pressure or whatever. I just want to see the final stat line. If it says that they had, you know, 50 yards rushing or less mm-hmm. and they scored, you know, six points, I think it was a it was a good day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I look at points in these kind of games, I mean, you, you give up a big play late in the game or something like that, sometimes, you know, that, that happens for you. I mean, if you're telling me pick a score on this game, I mean, what, what are State's last three, four games against FCS teams? It'll be something similar to that. You know, let me, let me break out the, my, my, my good man Jay Howell's uh, list here. I mean, last year was, what, 56-7? to 7? Against middle t- or against East Tennessee State, is that correct? Uh, I have that right. Yeah, fifty six seven. The year before that, fifty five ten. Obviously, no game in twenty twenty. Uh, forty five seven twenty nineteen sixty three six. I mean that you know forty nine nothing. You're getting the point here. We won't look at twenty sixteen. We won't worry ourselves with uh with Peter Sermon's defense. We're just going to eliminate that entire season out of our minds. No, 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 no. We're not because we're going to keep the egg ball. Okay, that, they played one game that year. They played year. one game that year. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you play a team like this, that that's what you expect the score to be. If it's not, that's an I mean, and it's it's either way, right? It's if you, you only win 27 to 7, that's a problem. If you win 48-28, that's a problem. You, you you have to dominating these teams is the only way. If otherwise it shows that you've got massive issues with your their, your team. What about causing turnovers? You know, last year that was Emmanuel Forbes' job, and to a certain extent, Jalen Green was successful in that this year. All sorts of new new faces back there. If I had said, hey, tell me who's going to get a pick in game one, who would you like to, to select? Um, I could see like a safety back there, maybe a Marcus Banks. Mm-hmm. You know, some pressure coming from somebody forces it out and across the middle of the field and there's Marcus Banks standing there. I mean that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me in the least. Yeah. Maybe a linebacker, maybe a Nate Watson. 
Jet Johnson might get one across the middle. Yeah, you could see that. You could see that for sure. Banks is a maybe, good maybe a couple of forced fumbles in this game. Nicholas bargains. Do what? Nicholas bargains maybe. <laughs> this could be the day. Uh, this is his best opportunity. This is his moment. What if he comes out and gets like three interceptions? And that late, I'm telling you, she's a genius. Uh, I'm pulling. I'm pulling for Sammy on that. I am. Projection. I am too, just because it'll be fun to watch. Um, and then from a special teams perspective, Robbie, just clean, right? No turnovers yeah. on returns. Make your kicks. Average 43, 44 yards a punt. You can get all those things in. I mean, that's a that you just don't want. I don't want to be talking about special teams errors on the things that are true on Monday on Labor. Yeah. Um, you know, Killen Crimmins comes out and has a good day. You hit your field goals. You don't miss any extra points. Maybe Tulu runs one back or Xavion. I mean, I feel good about that unit. Yeah. Like, I've, I've just felt a lot better about them under Eric Mealy. I don't know why, but they were better it just, last year. They were just it just seems like there's just more stability there. It seems like, you know, he's got every, all his ducks in a row. Um, and I think they got some good options there um yeah. i'm really interested to see crimmins they were you know i was asking mealy about that on tuesday uh monday no tuesday um about you know was he does he want an australian style guy like his rugby style is he is he wanting that or is he trying to you know be more traditional his does he want to fit his kind of style into crimmins he was like, no, I've, I've been wanting these one of these guys forever, and this dude does it as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a legit – like, a lot of times they try to take a guy and do an Australian-style punt, rugby-style punt or whatever, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't – it never works out correctly. Mm-hmm. But he's like, this dude's legit. Like, he's – that's his thing. Like, he's got it down to a science. So, they finally got them a guy that they feel like can actually do that. And if you have a guy like that, it is a weapon. I'm I'm yeah. I'm not a huge proponent for it, but it you know it's one of those deals where you know you get a good roll on it. It could get past the the returner and get you a good fifty plus yard punt, or it makes it much more difficult for guys to return have a big return. But if you don't do it correctly, it can really turn out to be a a terrible thing, like we saw in the 07 Egg Bowl. One thing I will say is that I don't expect Tulu to have a lot of opportunities in this game, or at least I, I would hope not, you know, on kickoff return. The, the, obviously, they'll kick off once to start a half, but you're hopeful that maybe one more in the, in the whole game. So we'll see what he can do there. But punting-wise, with Xavion Thomas, expect him to get some some work, and we'd like to see at least one long return out of him. Uh, there we go. But then other than that, snaps, holds, and kicks, if they're all good, that's about all you, you can ask for. So... Let me ask you this. We're, I don't feel like we're asking too much, are we? No. Okay. I mean, I think it's I mean, totally I, I, fair. I don't want to have unrealistic expectations. No. Okay. All right. Just make sure we're all on the same page. We're all on the same page. All right. Well, then that's week one. Let's talk about week two. Let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. I had some beef for lunch today. Robbie, I went to the joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That brisket uh, was what uh, I, I believe the kids say that it was bussin. 
I had it. I had it the the first day yeah. when they had the soft opening, and I when the first thing I said when I ate it was Brian will like this place because <laughs> I know right. that you do like you love Texas barbecue. I do. I do. I was a little nervous because I know yeah. you're you can be a harsh critic, but can be, but I, I'm not. I'm when not. I tasted it, I feel good enough in my taste for barbecue that yeah. I felt like you would like it. Really good, really good restaurant. They'll be seeing me again there, but. If you're cooking out on your on your own grill, beef is always the way to go. Some steaks, some burgers. They're just easy, guys, and they're quick. You take sometimes you cook at a steak, it should take you more time to get the coals going than it does to take to get the steak cooked. And that's just that's the convenience of beef. It's great for a late night, a weeknight dinner. It's great on the weekends. You just can't go wrong. There's so many great ways to eat beef. There's so many great cuts of beef. They're all right there waiting for you. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. I'm in a, I'm on a restaurant roll lately. I had Tyler Saturday. You and I went to uh, Two Brothers uh, Tuesday night. Uh, I went to the joint on Wednesday. I mean, this is just great. This has been a great week. I, I just I'm, a, I'm a little upset that you didn't invite me to the joint, but I, I'm, I've gone You couldn't have come anyway, you could you? I probably could have, but... Okay. I know you had a meeting. Well, that you found out about that meeting after the fact. Why? So don't try to use that hey, as an excuse. This was you need to blame the guys at hate Dear Old State. They put all this together. I was just along for the ride. That makes me angry that they didn't invite me. Uh, I don't know who didn't invite you. It doesn't matter. But you you've already been there though. I had this was my first. So time. I'm just saying. I like meat. Oh. Somebody I clip like that. brisket. Somebody clip that, please. Uh What's going on, Arnett? You know, our current Thunder and Lightning commercial is just me. Is it Arnett yelling at me? But I think our next one's going to be you saying, I like meat. Well, why not? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why not. Two brothers, though, we had a great meal there uh, Tuesday night. Fantastic. Saw our, our good friend Barton, who runs the place. He couldn't have been nicer. He talked about they, they had just had a big thing where they have fed the football team. So the football team got a, a great meal out of Two Brothers uh, just the other day. And you can have. Full party you- and Two Brothers smokes meat. It's like what goes. Makes me want better to than those on. things together. Maybe, I should, maybe we should walk on. If they'll take us. If they'll take <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go. I hope there's not a test. <laughs> just, 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 just assume that I can play, coach. It'll be all right. <laughs> Bumpus would probably take you as a receiver. And then. Oh, I'd, I wouldn't be worth crap. And then David Turner, who might not, I might not be that much younger than. Uh, would, I'll, I'll just get in there and just eat up a couple blocks in the middle. It'll be fine. All that to say, we had a great meal at Two Brothers, and you can too. And don't forget, that's another Bulldog Initiative business. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems. They have for 48 years. Nobody, nobody stays in business for that long unless they're taking care of their customers. So it's just this simple, guys. When you need technology for your business, if you need a new copier or a new printer, something like that, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then if something goes wrong and you need service, you just call them back. No 1-800 number, no call centers that put you on hold for 30 minutes, no out-of-state technicians to make an appointment with. Mississippi people, a lot of times they can solve your problem the exact same day. Your business can't afford to wait, and Advantage Business Systems doesn't make you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Rogue and their collegiate collection. I spoke with the guys at The Rogue. They are they are efforting. Oh, that's one of our favorite words here. They should have some interlocking MSU gear very, very soon. But until then, hey, the state script is still awesome. The M over S is always fantastic. 
And of course, they have great name brands and great products there. And of course, they also double that up with incredible service that you get from one of the South's top men's clothing stores, The Rogue. So if you haven't already, shop at The Rogue in Jackson or online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. Mississippi State gets its home uh, rematch with Arizona. Of course, last year they went out to the uh, the desert and brought home a 39-17 uh, win. What I remember most about that game, Robbie, was the power went out here in Starkville uh, about midway through the third quarter. And I ended up sitting in my car and listening to Neil Price and Matt Wyatt. That's right. I forgot about that. I was yeah. in I was in Brandon that night, so I didn't have that. But I remember you like because you didn't get to do your little green room thing. I was like, oh, what the heck? I'll do one myself. Yeah, and I yeah. went on Twitter Spaces or something. Yeah. yeah, that seemed like a seemed like a fun evening. Yeah, well, yeah. I I I got I texted Matt after the game. I was like, well, it's the first time I've listened to y'all in however many years. I thought y'all were fantastic. Great job. Um, a game that, you know, State controlled, but State played sloppy in that game, if you recall a year ago. They had a couple of turnovers that led to some points for Arizona. But when State played well, it goes back to what we were just talking about in the first part of the show. They dominated the line of scrimmage. They forced Jaden DeLora to, to scramble all night. They forced him into bad throws. And then offensively, that was like the first real taste of State running the ball effectively we had seen under the air raid. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that State was just better on the offensive line than Arizona was on the defensive line. I I think back to the game against Kansas State in 2018 where State just dominated both lines of scrimmage. And then the next year, it wasn't the same here in Starkville. State was not as good up front on both sides of the ball, and Kansas State was better. I don't think that's the case this time around. I think State still has that advantage on the line of scrimmage and that's what's going to lead Mississippi State in a more run-heavy slash balanced offense to be successful again against Arizona. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely kind of a sloppy game. Mm-hmm. You know, that first possession, Arizona just got right down the field on them. Yeah, yeah. And you're thinking, God, if you can't stop them, I mean, this is going to be a long night. And I thought the defense really settled in. I mean, the defense was incredible after that first possession. They yeah. I mean, they completely shut them down mm-hmm. and um, made life miserable. But, I mean, the offense had those same moments last year in other games where they would just kind of disappear for a couple of quarters. They had this opportunity to really, like, put them away, and they didn't. So it, it's a team that, again, it's definitely a step up from Southeastern Louisiana and talent and all that, but – this is one of those things where you are the more talented team. You're playing at home. This isn't going to be in the desert at 10 p.m. like it was last year. Mm-hmm. You know, State should come out in this ball game and kind of assert their will on them and take over. But um, it's 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 uh, remains to be seen. I mean, we we talk about the things that Mississippi State has to do against Southeastern Louisiana to make you feel good. I'll alter my thoughts on Mississippi State after that game, and we'll go from there. You look back at this game, State scores on the uh, the first drive of the second half to make it 25-10. to 10. They're in control. They get a pick on the next pl- uh, next drive. So they, they've got a chance to really put the game out of hand, and then they have a fumble. Uh, gets reta- taken back to the MSU four. Two plays mm-hmm. later, uh, Arizona scores. And then uh, State scores again to make it 32-17. They get the ball back and they fumble again, 
And and they just they had an opportunity they had opportunities to put this game away in the second half and make it really embarrassing, but they turned it over a couple times, and they didn't. Uh, but when you look at the stats of this game, you know Rodgers was really good, thirty nine of forty eight, four touchdowns. He did throw a pick. J- Dylan Johnson and Marks averaged just over six yards a carry uh, in this game. They combined for nineteen carries for one hundred and thirteen yards and a touchdown. It's a really good game there for them. Um, and then, as I mentioned, you look at the stats for Arizona running the football, 22 carries for 40 yards. Uh, of course, now DeLora, uh, minus 25 yards rushing in this game. He was sacked a couple times, obviously. Um, yeah, and a lot of that was on him. I mean, it, he had opportunities he, he was to do not, some – Yeah. He went very smart in the pocket. He had some opportunities to get rid of the ball sometimes, and he just held on to it too long. When you look at their leading rusher in this game, Michael Wiley, he has six catches or six carries for 49 yards. He had that long run in the first quarter, a 34-yard run. So he has one carry for 34 yards. After that, he has five carries for 15 yards. So State, after that, other than that one play, really, really controlled the line of scrimmage up 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 front. Um, just a good, just a good overall defensive game for Mississippi State. I mean, you can't really complain that they gave up a, a touchdown on a four-yard drive. You know, there's not a yeah. lot. I can't. You can't do. What was that. the? Uh, do you have the play-by-play on that? I can get it. Oh, of that drive, that the game. Like, yeah, I, I have it up. Yeah. What was the? What was that first possession for Arizona? Yeah. What did they do in that first possession? From run the, for run for five yards. Run for no gain. Uh, completed pass for six yards, so it's first and ten. Then you have a thirty-yard pass, and then a thirty-four-yard touchdown run. So a five-play drive. Really good for sixty or sixty plus sixty something yards. Uh, that's a eight pl- a six play seventy five yard drive. It was a kid's a touchback off the kickoff. And I mean, the rest of the game was pretty much like dominance. And you know I what? Remember something else to to consider in this is if I tell you the score is forty one seventeen instead of thirty nine seventeen, it just sounds like it was more of a route, right? Right. State misses two extra points in this game. Yeah, they missed the first. It was game. a slot. State State did not play well. Yeah, and it still was. I, I know people felt really uneasy in the second half. I can remember people saying, "Here we go." It's, but they were in control. They, they were, were never control. really in doubt. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of the. I mean, they didn't play well, and I, I chalk a lot of that up to the fact they're playing at what's 10 p.m. their time. Yeah, in the desert, it's a weird place. Mm-hmm. You just took elevation. A, Almost a cross country trip. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I think. I think that's going to flip. Yeah, for Arizona playing in the humidity and all that. Yeah, on top of the fact that Mississippi State is the more talented team. Yeah. So they had twenty two carries for forty yards. They had so after that first drive, they had six yards. They rushing. had what ten yards rushing the rest of the ball game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they averaged two yards a rush. I don't. You can't really ask anything else nah. of Mississippi State there. I mean, Nate Watson had an interception, I think, in that game. Could have been a pick six. He, he got down to like the 10, I think. Yeah. Slowed down or something. He, he yeah, turned around. Was, he looked around to see if anybody was going to catch him, and they did. If he had just kept going, he would have been fine. It's another one of those games in the Mike Leach era where I said, you know, this defense is not an issue. Yeah. You know, like but every year the defense has been good enough to make Mississippi State, you know, two or three wins better. Yeah, I agree. But offensively, I thought they were they were they were solid in that game. Just the turnovers were the were the issue. They had a pick and two fumbles. 
They were. They rushed for. They rushed for over 100 yards, yeah. which is which was kind of the key in the air raid to get them. Yeah. Uh, have him a big day at 426 yards of total offense. And Rodgers was solid. That's all you can ask. It, it was a sloppy game, but they played well enough, and it was a comfortable win. And they were – they I think they doubled the spread on that game. Yeah, oh, yeah. Did they not? Yeah, I mean, I think Arizona, I think they were like a, a – a State was like a 10-point favorite. I have to go back. So I remember everybody like – everybody was like, I feel like we lost that game. Why do you feel like they lost that game when they doubled the spread – yeah, on a cross country road trip mm-hmm. against a team that's in Arizona, which is a much different climate, it was exactly what it needed to be. Trying to get the- still almost went to LSU. I thought they had a chance to win the game. Rogers complete, completing eighty one percent of his passes. I mean, what more can you ask for? You're right. This is a game that people like remember wrongly, in my opinion, because I think because it got a little dicey there in the second half, just for a minute. Yeah, State was in control the whole time. They really were. All right, let's get the Arizona perspective. Let's talk to Justin Spears. He covers the Wildcats for the Tucson Star. We'll get his thoughts on this game and what I feel is an up and coming uh, Arizona program. Only two opponent previews left, and really, this is the last one. I don't know how much time we'll give to an FCS team. Uh, next week, but we are talking about the Arizona Wildcats. Justin Spears uh, joins us now from the Tucson Star. Appreciate your time, man. When I, when I, when a coach takes over a, a program like Arizona was three years ago when Jed Fish arrived, you know I think year one is about taking your lumps. Year one, year two is about getting improvement, and year three is about getting results. Do you think this Arizona team in year three under Jed Fish is re- Jed Fish is ready to uh, to get results? This is the year where we can officially judge Jed Fish for his coaching abilities and, and the job that he's done with the program. But, you know, make no mistake, he has done such an incredible job of rebuilding Arizona. When he first came in, he took over a, a team that was riding a losing streak, a team that w- uh, went winless in the pandemic-influenced season, a team that had just been pretty much gutted by the Kevin Sumlin regime. And yes, they went one and eleven. It was a complete rebuild. He, Jetfish just took what he had. This was the hand that he was dealt with, and he went one and eleven. And then he realized, okay, well, in order to really rebuild this thing, because this program is down to the studs, we need to get improvement on offense, and then we can use the offense and then recruit the defense. And that's the blueprint that Arizona's had this entire time. The Wildcats went out and got Jacob Cowling from the transfer portal, Jaden Delora, their quarterback. Uh, they got guys uh, like T-Mac, Tetoro McMillan, the wide receiver, uh, Tanner McLaughlin, who had the most receiving yards by an Arizona tight end since Rob Gronkowski. I'm sure you guys might have heard of that name before. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of good things happened on offense for Arizona. They finished sixth in the off in the in FBS in passing yards, uh, but Jaden Delora struggled at times. He threw a Pac-12 worst 13 interceptions, and he was adjusting to the offense because this was the first time that he had ever taken snaps under center and throw to a tight end. So it was a completely new system for him. But now that he's older, mature, really settled into the offense, and with a lot of guys on offense returning, and then on the defensive side of the ball, when you struggle to stop the run, and struggle to make plays at the line of scrimmage. And then you go out and you address that in the transfer portal by getting a bunch of guys in that front six. I say front six because Johnny Nansen runs a 4-2-5 defense. 
But those front six defenders that they got through the transfer portal and also added at the high school level, you know, now we're talking about, okay, the last, last year was all about the offense. This year it was all about the defense. You put them together, maybe something magical can happen. And we'll see if that magic can happen in what should be a very exciting year in the Pac-12. You mentioned Jaden Delora. I thought he was really good a season ago. And the, the quarterback play in the Pac-12 this year is going to be the best in the country. I mean, you, you've got a bunch of elite guys who would start at most programs in the nation. Delora is one of those. What, what did he need to improve on from last season that you think he'll be better at this year? I think it's understanding what the defense is giving him and learning how to adapt to it. Uh, I don't know if you guys recall last year, but when when Arizona played against Mississippi State in Tucson, the one thing that Jaden Delora really struggled with was tucking the ball and running to pick up those yards to yeah. move the change to move the chains. You know, there were plenty of opportunities where Jaden Delora would roll out, and Mississippi State's defense had, did a pretty good job in coverage on Arizona's receivers. But there was plenty of green for Jaden Delora to tuck in and run. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, Jaden Delora running for 50 yards and, you know, scoring a big touchdown like a Khalil Tate from a few years ago. But, you know, these are the type of plays that quarterbacks need to make to keep the offense in rhythm and keep things flowing. And Jaden Delora looked like he wanted to run, looked like he wanted to run and just ah couldn't. And then he would just throw it out of bounds or or just throw an incomplete pass. He learned from his mistakes in that game against Mississippi State and then followed it up with an impressive running performance against North Dakota State and all throughout the season learned how to use his legs. This past offseason, Jaden Delore has gained a significant amount of weight, good weight though. Uh, he Ever since he's gotten to Arizona, I think he's put on about 25 pounds. But you look at him and it's good weight. It's muscle. You could definitely see that he's toned and he's got an extra – layer of body armor on him and even said like even though i have this weight on me i'm not looking to put my shoulder down and start trucking some guys i'm going to be smart about it but it's just good to have this kind of weight on me right now so i think Jaden delora has learned a lot from his first year and you know like i said you know he threw 13 interceptions in his first season seven of them came in two games uh three against mississippi state and then four against washington state his former team you know those were two important games for Jaden Delora last season because you're playing an SEC opponent in Tucson and then you're playing against your former team at home. I think Jaden Delora really wanted to, to ball out and played a little bit of hero ball and it ended up costing him. It, can he learn from that? We'll find out. I thought this game a season ago, it came down to it was the, the ultimate simple thing in football. Mississippi State was just better on the line of scrimmage. They were able to run the football. They were able to stop the run. And as you mentioned, they pressured Delora pretty constantly throughout the game. Is this Arizona team a little better equipped to to up front this year to, to deal with Mississippi State? On defense, we'll find out because the Wildcats were the eighth worst rushing defense in college football last season. They were 10th worst in the Pac-12. It wasn't just against Mississippi State. It was against almost every team. I mean, there were a couple of games where if Arizona had just stopped the run, maybe we're talking about Arizona going to a bowl game. Uh, on defense, they added some guys through the transfer portal. They got guys like Bill Norton, Tyler Manoa, uh, big uh, CEO. I'm, I'm not even trying to pronounce his his last name because he's from the he's from American Samoas, and he has a very hard to pronounce last name, but big CEO coming in from Indiana. They added 300 pounders on the inside, 
And, you know, those guys aren't going to be showing up on the box score a lot of times, but they're so significant because they're going to be clogging up the lanes and allowing the linebackers to come in and make those tackles at the line of scrimmage and limit those, you know, yard, those plays that should be two yard gains, three yard gains, and ended up turning into six or seven or eight yard gains. I couldn't, I can't even tell you how many times that happened for Arizona last season. Arizona had 86 missed tackles stopping the run last season, 86. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're talking about a 12 game season, you know, we're talking about seven or eight missed tackles stopping the run. You know, that should not be a thing. Arizona's worked really hard at it. They've gotten the personnel to go along with that. And Brian, I was actually looking at the starting lineup against Mississippi State a year ago, and only one of those guys is returning to Arizona this season, and that's wow. safety gunner Maldonado. Every single Everybody else either went to the NFL draft or they went to the transfer portal. Um, so – it's going to be a totally different defense this time around for Mississippi State. Uh, we'll, we'll see if, if Arizona's up for the challenge because that game in Starkville, oh boy, it's going to be muggy. The cowbells are going to be ringing and rattling, and it's going to be a very raucous crowd. So it's going to be a big test, and Arizona's defense, man, they got to be able to, to man up and be ready for that because it's, it's going to be a hard one. You gave us a bunch of names uh, in your first answer, but tell us, you know, if you had to pick playmakers in this game, guys you're going to watch on both sides of the ball, guys who could make a difference in this game with just one play, who would they be for Arizona? We talk about the defensive line first, and Taylor Upshaw, the edge rusher transfer that they got from Michigan, things didn't work out of Colorado. He went to CU and was a part of the Coach Prime era in the spring and then transferred out of there uh, in, in after spring ball. But him from Michigan – I mean, Taylor Upshaw was a guy who actually contributed for the Wolverines. And when you contribute at a program like Michigan, obviously you're doing something good. So adding a veteran guy like that off the edge, I think will be very impactful for Arizona's defense. Um, On the back end, you know, I would say definitely Ephesians Prysock at cornerback. I know I'm like rattling off a bunch of names. You said one guy on both sides of the ball. Go ahead. But Ephesians Prysock is is really good at cornerback. He's 6'4", built like a small forward. And then Jacob Manu, um, he was a guy who kind of came on in the second half of the season. He's a, a very small linebacker. Kind of reminds me of Datton Wynn. Uh, former Arizona defensive coordinator Paul Rhodes would refer to him as sawed off, meaning he's very undersized. Yeah. But he's a guy who had a nose for the ball and just made so many plays for Arizona in big games against UCLA and ASU. Uh, that that play to end the Territorial Cup game, Jacob Manu got in, hit the arm of the quarterback, Trent Borgay, and the ball flew up in the air. Then Arizona safety Isaiah Taylor came down with the interception. That play didn't show up in the box score for Jacob Manu, but it was probably the most important play for the Wildcats. So I go with Jacob, and then on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with two guys on the offensive line, and that's going to be Jonah Savainea at right tackle and big Jordan Morgan at left tackle. Jordan Morgan is arguably the best tackle in college football right now. Uh, Pro football focus, I believe, rated him as the third best tackle going into this season and the best in the Pac-12. Coming off a knee injury, Jordan Morgan will be a little bit rusty, but he's going to be one of the top offensive tackles in college football. And then big Jonah Savainea, 
he started all 12 games at right guard for Arizona and was the second highest rated lineman by pro football focus. And, and doing that as a true freshman, not missing any snaps, he was healthy the entire season. And having that high of a grade on PFF, uh, I think really shows just how good he was. He wasn't penalized at all. Uh, didn't really give up too much pressure uh, this past season. And again, as a true freshman, speaks to the kind of level that Big Jonah is at right now. And they moved him from guard to right tackle. So those two bookends on Arizona's offensive line, we're talking about all Pac-12 guys, all Americans, and really first-rounders when it's all said and done. Uh, having that as your two tackles, Jaden Delora said it's life-saving for him. Uh, He loves having those two guys as his tackle. So uh, if Arizona can protect Jaden Delora and allow him to make the plays needed, then Arizona is going to be able to win some ball games and go to a bowl game for the first time since 2017. Interesting, the the, the matchup there with Jordan Morgan and Mississippi State's best defensive lineman, Jaden Crumbody, who did not play in this game a season ago. He was out injured until – yeah, uh, nine for Mississippi State. So that'll be a matchup we'll need to keep an eye on. You no doubt. Hit, you sort of hit it at, on it a little bit, but let's ask like a big picture question. What does a win mean for Arizona in this game? A win for Arizona in this game? Well, I mean, of course you don't want to have moral victories, right? But when you realistically look at this game, Mississippi State's going to be the favorite. And as they should, because they're they're returning a bunch of talent. They have Will Rogers coming back. And it's, I would say, Mississippi State's probably most meaningful non-conference game, with all due respect to the other teams. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that Mississippi State will be ready to go for this game. They're not going to overlook Arizona, because I know they have a big game the following week. Um, They play LSU the next week, right? Correct. So... Yeah, I mean that, and, and honestly, Arizona could you know use that to their advantage. Maybe this is the the ultimate trap game for the Bulldogs. They you know overlook an opponent that they beat last year that they're playing at home, and they have LSU the next week. I don't imagine that's going to be the case, but I think a win for Arizona is you know make it a game. Just make it a game going into the fourth quarter, and if Mississippi State's experience once again outlasts you, so be it. But don't let it turn into a 39 to 17 game or whatever the score was. Let it turn into a game that can go down to the wire and put up a respectable fight and give the Pac 12 some love because you know a lot of people are going to be looking at this game. And if a Pac 12 opponent can give a, a SEC opponent a run for its money, then I think it means well for the conference in its last year, really. You coming to this game? Oh, yeah. I'll be there in Stark, Vegas. Can't wait for it. You ever been to the South? I've never been. Well, I mean, if you consider Florida the South, I've been uh, to I, I, I would consider that. I'm just going to tell you, wear shorts. I'm just going to give you that piece of advice. Well, man, I, I'm from Tucson, Arizona, so I wear shorts 340 yeah. days out of the year. So. Then, then you're good. Then you're good. I, you know, some people in the media, they, they get a little fancy. They like to wear slacks in the press box. I'm just telling you, don't do it. Wear shorts. Okay. Wear shorts. Well, that's, I'm going to wear shorts. That's my piece also, of advice. And also, I need some good food recommendations, man. I'm, I'm actually doing like a, a Starkville bar slash restaurant feature. I want to be able to go to a you place. You are on things. the radio with the right guy for that right. that particular thing. I will be happy to send you all of my recommendations. Do not worry. I'm in. 
my man. Right. Thank you, man. Justin Spears, the Tucson star. Well, I'm gonna talk to you again in a couple of weeks after uh, after week one when when we uh, we have some actual football to discuss. Looking forward. I'll have you. Got it. Good. All right. Thanks to Justin. Appreciate his time. Good stuff from him. Looking forward to seeing him here in Starkville in just a few. I mean, it's it's funny we're interviewing him this week and then we're going to interview him again in three weeks probably. Assuming you know, I don't find anybody different between now and then, which I doubt I will. So, does it seem like the Arizona people are just jumping for joy to be on this podcast? Maybe I should take over the interview process and get people and Why? sell it a little better. Doesn't seem like you're selling it very well. You know, it's uh, and I asked Paul for the twenty four seven guys number for Arizona, and he's like, I "Don't have it." I was like, "Well, good are you, Paul." Like, I, I, I got. I need, I need. I only want two things from Paul Jones. I want to know who the commitment is, and I want to know twenty four seven guys' phone numbers. That's all I want. Just, you're just using poor Paul. Paul gets to come to my house. All the time and eat food, so it's 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 a fair trade. <laughs> All right, uh, tomorrow's show. I you know I don't really know what tomorrow's show is going to bring us. We'll have to we'll, we'll just wing it like usual. Yeah, maybe we'll do something fun tomorrow. You know, one of our last shows of the off season. We might come up with a fun topic. I don't know. But pizza uh, party. Ooh. We'll see. Pizza party. We'll see. All right, guys. Have a great. Thursday, Robbie and I back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Hagan. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.